Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Every Thursday in orders now for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. We are pleased to be joined um, by Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey Sportsnet Color Analyst. Hello, Louis. How you doing? Wow, did I ever mess that one up? Want to stall for a minute or what? (laughs) Let me get this back on the rails. Why don't you uh, just, (laughs) yeah, just just interrupt me at any time. That's all right. Those things happen. Uh, You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Mark in St. Albert says, Bob, you know what I think? Uh, We win the division, then we win the conference against the Avs. Ultimately, not sure that we can beat Boston 7, but I'm betting yes. Oilers, Stanley Cup champion uh, from Mark in St. Albert. Jimbo says, Bob, I think Evander Kane's continual body contact makes a huge difference in these games. That one comes to us from Jimbo. Well, there's no question Evander Kane makes a massive difference against the L.A. Kings. Um and this text comes in as well out of Edmonton saying, Bob, just want to say that Ken Holland should be commended for the moves he has made this season, adding some grit and toughness to this team with Kane back and healthy in the additions. It's looking like a, a team that can go on a real run. There you have it. 1236. Here's Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel. Hi, Louis. How you doing? Hey, Bob, doing well. Sorry about that. Just a little bit of a bad connection there. As you know, doing this over uh, phones and connections sometimes uh, doesn't work out. But you sound clear now. Hope you got me. Uh, We got you loud and clear. So, first of all, uh, just uh, the owners have won six straight. Uh, You know, they played Monday and Tuesday in, in Arizona and Vegas, Thursday at home to L.A., Saturday at home to Anaheim. And then Tuesday in L.A., Wednesday in Anaheim. So six games in a span of nine games, uh, nine days. They won all six games. They just had the emotional two victories against the Kings. Those were hard playoff, intense battles. Were you surprised that maybe there wasn't quite the same requisite energy last night in stretches against uh, against Anaheim? How tough of a game do you think that is for uh, and I don't know whether or not your career, <laughs> you've, been, you've been on a team that has gone uh, 26, 5, and 6 over a 37-game run and clinched a spot. But how tough of a game do you think that was for the players to play last night, especially at the end of a six-game and nine-day stretch? 
I think it was very tough. And yeah, I think you have to look over to Anaheim first. I think they played a real solid game. I think they came out and um, played the kind of game they had to play. I think they understood they, they understood they needed to do that against the Edmonton team that had beat them um, the two previous games, outscoring them 12-2 to two in that span. So, I mean, they came into the game obviously very prepared to play a tight-checking hard game, and that's what Anaheim did. The thing I did like about Edmonton's game, though, Bob, is they didn't panic. They were in control. You know, that's the thing. They didn't have a terrible start where they came out and allowed Anaheim to have 17 shots like they did the previous time they played them. Um, and I just thought Anaheim was really good in that first period on Saturday and, and was the better team. And if it wasn't uh, for goaltending, it could have been a much different story. So um, Jack Campbell made the saves there in the first period, all 17. He allowed his team to stabilize, get into that game. And then Edmonton took over, as we know, it was a great night for Leon Dreisaitl scoring his 50th, shorthanded his third goal of the game. Um, lots of great talking points. But in this game, I think Edmonton was more prepared for that. They played more of a patient game. And I thought it was... As much as it might not have been as appealing to the eyes to watch as some of the games we've seen down this stretch, um, it was efficient. They, they got the job done. And I think that's the one thing about this team right now that I'm, I'm recognizing is with all the talent they have and the speed they can skate with and the, the, the way they can score goals off the rush and off the cycle in many different ways, the power play, they just methodically went about their business last night. And it was a tough game. It was a tough game and a back-to-back start. I know it's only 50 kilometers down the road, but at the same time, it was an emotional game against the Los Angeles Kings. Two emotional games in a row against Los Angeles. You've got Anaheim coming in afterwards. And it's hard to kind of re-up and get elevated for that game when you're playing a team that you know isn't in the playoffs. And no disrespect to the Anaheim Ducks, but you just don't get pumped up for a game like that as much as you do against the team you're most likely going to see in the playoffs. So the fact that they were able to win both of them, I think is a real testament to this team's play um, in the second half of this season. They have been the best team in the league, and it shows. Yeah, well, uh, you know, your son has been playing on the best team in the league all season long, but the Oilers' record since the middle of January, they're the best team in the league. So you're watching yeah. pretty uh, two pretty good teams on a different, uh, you know, on, on different nights or on the same nights. Are there any similarities between Boston and Edmonton from your perspective as a guy who well, has a vested interest in watching both the clubs? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously a 50-goal scorer in Pasternak, he, he's climbing up the ladder there. He's an elite player and an all-star and just one of the best players in the game, and that's the talent you know that we see every night in Edmonton. I think the high-end talent is better in Edmonton, obviously. That's easy to say that, but I think Edmonton's deeper. I think they play more of a, a grinding, harder game now down the stretch. I think with the acquisitions they've made, Ekholm, Bukestad, you look at Vinny DeHarnay, who is like an acquisition uh, midway through the season coming up and, and playing the way he plays. They're a bigger, harder team to play against. Clean Costin, also another acquisition this year, makes them bigger and harder to play against. They play a grindier game. So when you combine that with the skill they have, I think there's, there's, there's a reason they're having success. Um, Goaltending has been a hot-button topic. And I think the goaltending has been a lot better, especially in the last month, month and a half. And you can't have a better time for both goaltenders to start feeling their game than right now. You know, down the stretch and into the playoffs, to have two guys that are playing well is <laughs> it's not uh, not that normal to have that situation going into the playoffs. But Edmonton has that. So that's a real positive. 
Um, there are some similarities, and I think the maturity. I think when you look at the core of Edmonton, and we'll start with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's the longest tenured oiler. He's been around for a long time, and it was great to see him get his 100th point last night. I think everybody was really excited for Nugent um, because he's meant a lot to this organization. He's been here for a long time, and he's been through the ups, he's been through the downs, and he's been through the ups again. And I think that, uh, you know, for him, he's led by example every year that he's he's on the team. And I think the, the younger guys that have come in have a lot of respect for Ryan Nugent Hopkins and the great players and the top players like McDavid and Dreisaitl continually credit Nugent Hopkins for the way he plays the game as well too so it was great to see him now have the the praise for offensive numbers he's always been a, a tremendous player in the league but now it's starting to show that game is providing him opportunities to do a little bit more offensively and good on him for grasping those opportunities and making good on them. And I think this is more the norm for him than just an anomaly. I really do. I think we've been seeing this build for a few years. A little bit of a, you know, a couple of years ago, a little bit of an off year. Not not off, but just with the pandemic and everything, it was hard for him to get into rhythm like every other player in the National Hockey League. But I think if you see the way he came into the league this year and played, it's just this is the evolution of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's a dangerous player, and I think most importantly, he knows that now. He's confident in his game, and it's showing on the ice with the way he's making plays and, and playing at that elite level. But there, there's the similarities for me in the sense that there's two teams that understand what they have to do to win, and I think that Boston has done that all year long and maybe has that a little bit more than Edmonton. I think Edmonton has gained some of that knowledge throughout the last few years especially. The conference final last year was a real good test for them. Coming into this year, there's an expectation. And with the Bruins, there's always been an expectation since since my son has been in the league. Every single year, they're expected to win. They're expected to try and go for the Stanley Cup. And that's just, when you're on a good team, that's, that's what it's like. It's just, they don't think any differently. They think they're going to be one of the teams that has a chance to win it. And that's just the mentality the entire year. And I think we're starting to see that now with, with Edmonton. I think they're starting to believe even their game and they understand that in this league in order to win you have to bring that product to the table more often than not on a consistent basis and they've been pretty consistent down the stretch here which is great to see well it's really interesting we're joined by louis debrus for gcl diesel louis uh i i didn't have boston being a 60 win team at the start of the season there you no, go. I, I thought they were gonna yeah, be good i agree yep I agree. Here's the thing. With all the injuries they had at the start of the year, Bob, I really thought that they they could maybe be out of it before they even get a chance to kind of dig into the season. Because I expect a lot of other teams to be better this year, too, in the East, just to be honest with you. uh, But you know what? Um, They persevered. And that's what a structure and a system and a belief will do for you. That's what depth will do for you. They are the deepest team in the National Hockey League by far. Uh, I mean, I watch this team on a nightly basis, and they're getting production from everybody. It doesn't matter who's in that lineup, where they plug them. They seem to find a way to produce. They seem to find a way to have an impact on the game, and they do it by committee. And and it's, you know, they do have elite talent. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything of that. They have great talent in that organization, but... They do it with a work ethic and a detail and just a commitment to making themselves very hard to play against. And that's how they've got it done. But they've been able to do it all year long, and I was surprised, too, with the season. I mean, they're having a, a history, a historic season, Bob, so I didn't see that coming at all with the guys they are going to have in their lineup at the start no. of the year. Well, the one thing I would say is I did believe with Jim Montgomery going in there and knowing a little bit, and I mean, you would know more about this than than, than me, and maybe you, you won't say it because you got a son in that organization, 
But my observation is that team is playing like they've been liberated. They've been allowed to go a bit offensively. Yeah. Of course, the other thing that's happened is Allmark has had a massive step forward in between the pipes from where he was. MVP. MVP. He is their their most valuable player. He really is. And Jeremy Swayman's come on strong in the end. He had a little bit of a struggle at the start. They were still winning games, don't get me wrong. But he wasn't playing to the caliber necessarily he did last year in his his first season. He was, you know, feeling some of that uh, sophomore... um, um, kind of pressure that comes with the expectation of being that guy again. But as the season has gone on, he's gotten better. Uh, but you're right. All Marcus had a terrific season. And that's the other question mark that I did not see at the start of the year. I think a lot of people didn't see that. But uh, credit to him. He's really found his game. And he's, number one, found his game, most importantly. But he's also found, um, understands the way to play as a Bruin. And sometimes it takes some time for a goaltender to figure out a system, to figure out defenseman to figure out the way you do things and where the shots and most likely opportunities are going to come from. There's all these little nuances that go into being a goaltender as far as, you know, different personnel on the ice, expectations in that regard, understanding where their tendencies are. Um, they're no different than any player on the team. There's chemistry there. You have to feel like you're part of that team and there's no question Linus Allmark does this year. He's been a big, big, big part of their success. The biggest part, in my opinion. And, uh, you know what? Good on him because, uh, this is the year that you want to have your goaltender playing the best when you're having a season like this. Well, 937 save percentage this year. Allmark is 38-6-1. The three previous years, he was 9-17, 9-17, and 9-15. For the Oilers, uh, they've just got to wait it out with Jack uh, Campbell, and he's given them two good yeah. starts. Louis, for you... That's a good, that's a good uh, is... point, though. You know, it's, it's good that you bring that up, too, because I just talked about Allmark, and I, last year I would have told you... That Swainman was probably the better goaltender in big portions of that season. That was Allmark's first season as a Bruin. But you look at him this year, and he has absolutely taken off. So you're right. You do have to be patient. And I know Jack Campbell's had some struggles this year. He's been honest about them. There's no question. But it's good to see him getting his game back. And he seems to have that swagger back for me. I watch him play, and he's he's. I never like to say attacking in a goaltender's position, but he almost has that kind of sense to where he's like, yeah, I'm making the saves. There's a confidence. There's a swagger. And you have to have that if you're a goaltender in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, it's good to see Jack getting a little bit of that back at the right time. We're joined by Louis DeBrusque uh, every Thursday in Oilers now for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Louis, uh, Dallas Aiken said last Friday in Oilers now, he said the Oilers can play it any way you want to play it. They've got the skill and the, the speed that they can play an up-tempo skill game. And if you want to drag it into the gutter and go into the back alley, well, guess what? They can do that as well. In the two games against L.A., um, that Edmonton won two nothing and three one. Evander Kane in the first period of those two games had seven hits in the first game and five hits in the second game in the first period alone. He missed the two games against L.A. earlier this season. Did we was was that one uh, addition into? And there's been others, but that's I mean that's a significant guy coming back in Edmonton's lineup, and I think we saw it firsthand against the Kings, didn't we? Oh, yeah. 
And I, in a big, big way. And I think uh, I think that was a little bit to do with that, Bob, to be honest. I think if you ask Evander honestly, you know, he got to watch those first two games against the Kings, and he saw them beat Edmonton in both of those situations, 3-1 and 6-3. And especially the 6-3 loss in Los Angeles was not a, it was not a good time. The, the fact that Edmonton didn't go away quietly in that game, there was three fights, we know all about that, and they started to really trend in the right direction after that. But... I think Evander, you know, is a huge impact, especially in in a series with the Los Angeles Kings. We saw what he did last year in the first round, but for me, it's it's just setting the tone. And I, and I love that that quote from Jay Woodcroft: "Every hit right now is an investment." And that wasn't just about that game or the next game. It's about this is building towards potentially seeing these guys in the first round, maybe the second round if both teams win, and. This is this is about setting the statement right now, and I think Evander Kane took note of that and just came out and said, okay, here we go. That's the way you have to play against that team. That is the commitment you have to have. They are the bigger, stronger team. You have to make sure that you're flexing those muscles and making the Los Angeles Kings understand that this is how it's going to be. So, And they still got their great chances. They're a very, very good team, well-coached, and they're a very good team. And I, And, you know, here's the thing. It's going to be, if they do match up, a great series again. It won't be a walk in the park. It's going to be just like we saw in the last two games. Tight checking, heavy hitting, a lot of stuff after the whistles, and great chances and great goaltending. The whole nine yards is going to be all of it. But I do believe that that physical tone, especially set by Evander Kane in the last two games and by a lot of others, that it will be the most important factor. You cannot let this team just feel like they're comfortable uh, because if you do, they can score a lot of goals. Louie, uh, I, I don't know if you saw this. So you obviously, you worked the game. You saw what happened last year with Mikey Anderson and, and Leon Dreisaitl in game six. Did you see what happened with Crosby and Mikey Anderson earlier this season? Oh, I did see it. Remind me. I, I remember seeing it. Um, he, uh, well, Crosby was, Cos, Crosby was trying to screen, and Mikey Anderson decided to clear Crosby out and cross-checked him in the spine from behind. Yeah. And then yeah. Crosby went back at Anderson twice yeah. and ended up getting 20 minutes of penalties. He got a misconduct. Oh, I mean, yeah, you're right. Crosby he got was, out of the game. Yep. He, I remember that. Yep. Yep. He, um, he, that's as upset as – and it's just – it's interesting because it's dry settle and, you know, and some would say that if you did that back in your day, if you're Mikey Anderson, you'd be getting filled in. Like if you were a mid, like he's a oh, six you, footer, and if you'd gone after would, you know yeah. two heart, heart trophy winners, and ironically it was Connor McDavid on a play that I thought Mikey Anderson turned back into the boards on. I don't think Connor meant to drill him and knock. Nobody's looking to knock a guy out and injure a guy for multiple games. It's kind of interesting how, but I just I thought of the confluence of the events there. The fact that Anderson had the incident with Dry Settle and he, you know, cleaved him from behind, and some would say that he, um, you know, slew footed him. Um, if you're an LA partisan, you would not say that. Uh, the incident with uh, if you're an LA fan, you're saying that well, Anderson's just clearing out Crosby from the frontal and that. He got him good with a cross check. It's just interesting sometimes how those things happen, isn't it? It follows some players around. Well, that's how he plays. That's how Anderson has to play. You'd like to have him on your team. You know, I'm serious. I, I yeah. don't I don't think that it was a malicious play on Dreisaitl. I think he was pulling him out of a pile. But he does target Dreisaitl. He does target McDavid. In the game the other night, um, you made the point that the hits they had early on were against the best players of Edmonton. 
They were targeting the best players of Edmonton. Now, McDavid and Dreisaitl, were. Nugent Hopkins, they, they've felt this their entire career because they're that good. They are going to be targeted. The best players in the game historically have always been targeted, especially in the playoffs when it gets nasty. So I think what it did, and this is the reverse effect of it, <laughs> I honestly think that uh, that happening to Leon Dreisaitl, him having to play on that angle, and Connor McDavid after that point in time, that first round last year against the Los Angeles Kings, stirred something up in the, in, the, in the players in Edmonton, and especially the top players, that they knew they had to go out there and elevate their physical game, number one, and their nastiness, and they had to get hard. It made them better. It truly did. It made them better. And I believe that's why they walked through Calgary like they did, because they'd already had a round like that where it was physical and demanding, and they were getting you know, targeted in different situations, and then they go into Colorado, and who knows what would have happened if they would have got a couple breaks in that series and maybe won a couple of those games where they were in the game. Um, it didn't happen. But I, if you look at the way Leon, Connor, Nuge, these guys have come into this year and played a physical game as well. Anytime that a game is getting a little bit out of control, there's been a few this year where Connor just starts to run around look for hits. And it's a difference in his game, but it's an important difference. It's, it's a message to the league saying, hey, we're not going to take this stuff. We're going to dish it up too. And they can. They're big guys. They're strong enough to do it. And when they do that, they're even that much harder to play against. And I believe that is why they've had success down the stretch, is that they can dig in and they can, they can tap into that history and that understanding of what they have to do. So, I mean, I'm not giving credit to Anderson here, but when you go into those series and you have that type of an outcome, it hardens you. That's the experiences that people talk about that you have to have in order to understand what it takes to win. And I think they've had that experience, and I think it's going to bode well for them in the future. But there's no question, the last two games against L.A., we know who the more dominating physical team was, and it's without a doubt Edmonton. They came into both of those games and established that immediately and said, this is how it's going to be. You guys have decided you want to open up this can of worms? Well, we're totally comfortable playing great stuff Louie we'll uh, see you in about an hour sounds good bud that's Louie DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers for GCL Diesel it is 12.55 in Edmonton we'll step out come back with the orders now injury report for James H. Brown when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Andrew has texted us on the Ashley Five Floors text line at 12.55 and he says Nugent Hopkins can drop a guy if needed and get 100 points in a season. Yes, you're right, Andrew. He can do that. You can text us at 780-496-0063. This text comes in and says, Bob, I see a vision. It's 2023. A rookie goalie saves a franchise season in January when they're down and out, and then the team would go on to be the best team in the NHL and winning the Stanley Cup. Sound familiar? Yeah, this year's team uh, is the 2019 St. Louis Blues. Prove me wrong. Well, time will tell. 
Time will tell. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Oilers are having a good run. They've been an excellent team here in the second half of the season. The Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, big fans of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the Alberta Golden Bears. We will tell you this, uh, that uh, Ryan McLeod skated yesterday along with Ryan Murray and Philip Broberg. Broberg was the healthy scratch for yesterday's game. I think McLeod has, there's one more hurdle he has to pass, and then uh, uh, my, my best guess is the latest he'll draw back in is the end of the regular season final home game on uh, Fan Appreciation Night against the San Jose Sharks, which is a week for Thursday. The order's scheduled. Uh, the team will practice tomorrow. They'll play Saturday day. That's a 2 o'clock puck drop Edmonton time in San Jose. Uh, then off to Colorado where they play Tuesday night will be a huge game. It's an ES Band broadcast down in the States and then home to San Jose again. Edmonton in the midst of an 11-0 run run. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we return Oilers now, uh, special advisor to hockey operations, Steve Steos. When we return.